Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Well, today, as I said, we're studying a brand new series, and it's entitled, What Does the Bible Say? And so we're going to, this is actually a a six-week series, and uh, week one, today we're going to be talking about what does the Bible say about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Week two, what does the Bible talk about healing? And uh, week three, what does the Bible talk about forgiveness? And then week four, what does the Bible talk about prayer and unanswered prayer? Now that's a good one, because so many people question, God, I prayed, but you didn't answer that prayer. Um, week five, what does the Bible say about giving and tithing and, and those things? Because uh, I believe we need a clear understanding concerning that. And then w- week six, and this is when we're going to have a full house, what does the Bible say about angels and demons? We're going to get into some of that stuff. So, But it'll be good. And what we're doing uh, during this series, uh, we have a small group. It's Wednesday nights. It's in the green room, which is right across the foyer here. And it's entitled Going Deeper. And basically, we're going to go deeper from the Sunday morning message. We'll take the outline. You can come with your questions. And we'll just go deeper in that small group. It'll be a great opportunity simply to go deeper in the Word. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Deb and I will be leaving tomorrow morning, bright and early. And we're going down to Florida. We're going to be there with our son and daughter-in-law and the grandchildren. And so we'll be gone uh, for a couple of weeks uh, for a much long-needed vacation. So we're looking forward to that time. But in our absence, everything will be taken well care of here. And uh, we just appreciate you and what you're doing in your walk with God and how faithful you serve. So we appreciate you guys very much. So, But we'll miss you, but we'll still be praying for you, and we'll still be connected. In fact, we'll be watching services online. <laughs> That'd be good. All right. So what does the Bible say about the gifts of the, gifts of the Spirit? Well, I thought to begin this particular topic that I would talk a little bit about my initial encounter and my personal experience After I encountered Jesus Christ at the age of 17, my life radically changed. The Bible says in John chapter 3, Jesus is speaking. He said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then verse 5 says he cannot see the kingdom of God. And through the new birth, the new birth is simply an encounter with Jesus where he changes us from the inside out. We're literally born again. The Bible speaks about that. And we become a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. All things become new. And so at the age of 17, my older brother led me in a prayer that I prayed. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. And at that time, there was an amazing encounter with Jesus. Jesus became personal. He became real to me. And, and at that time, I had a strong conviction that I wanted to leave everything that was worldly 
and I wanted everything that God had for me. I began to determine in my heart, Lord, I want everything you have for me. There was that earnest desire. Now, uh, that resulted in my quest for seeking the supernatural power of God, which included the gifts of the Spirit. Now, prior to accepting Jesus, and maybe most of you don't know this about me, um, I had a strong interest and curiosity in the occult and supernatural. I mean, it, it kind of fascinated me to, to see all these bizarre things that were happening, you know, uh, these ghosts and different things, haunted houses, and it, that kind of intrigued me. But there was that desire in me to understand, to seek, and to experience the supernatural. Uh, because of that past element, I was intrigued when my brother told me that miracles, signs, and wonders still happen in the earth today. That even what we see in the book of Acts, when people spoke in tongues, when there were healings, uh, when Jesus healed the sick, when the apostles healed the sick, that those kind of miracles were happening in the earth today. And I said, you got to be kidding. You know, I was raised in the denominational church, and I wasn't exposed to any of that. But yet, I had this quest. I want to experience the supernatural power of God, whatever that may be. Now, we, this, this tongues things, because I, I can remember my brother, he was at that time in the military when he had come home to visit. He prayed with me and led me to Jesus. But when he went back, we would correspond. That was snail mail days. Or we'd make a phone call, but uh, phone calls were really expensive, so we didn't do a whole lot of that. But he, he told me about an experience he had where he spoke in other tongues. And I said, okay, I think you've kind of gone off the deep end. You're losing me there, you know. Um, but he, he actually sent me a cassette tape by a spirit-filled Roman Catholic priest, uh, Father Francis McNutt, and it was on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can, I can remember listening to that cassette tape and listening to what God was doing in the world and the earth today through the charismatic movement. And, you know, I kind of, that kind of stuff, I said, no, that's kind of way out there. But because of my desire and craving for the supernatural and to experience all that God had for me, I began to, let's, let's check this out. So I, I even visited the Pentecostal church in the community at that time to check this out. And I, I was kind of just sitting on, hmm, this is really interesting. Uh, but Lord, I want everything you have for me, but I don't know if this is it, okay? <laughs> These people, they're kind of out there. Um, but yet, in my earnest seeking of God, it brought me to the Word as I began to explore and go deeper. I began to realize that God had something for me that was, because it was that hunger in me, I knew there had to be something more in my spiritual walk. I'd reached the place of, of dryness in my early years of, of Christianity, and, and I knew there was more that God had for me. And, and so the scripture, I can remember my brother sharing this with me. It's Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, and they will speak in new tongues. Now, we'll save the demon part for part six of this series, but... That part there, these signs shall follow them that believe, not just the apostles, not just the prophets, not just the 
super spiritual people, but those that believed they would speak in new tongues. Okay, this is interesting. And then uh, another scripture to share with you that I think is interesting because the Apostle Paul had a passion for God, as you know. And the Apostle Paul is a great minister of the Bible. He wrote the epistles, many of the epistles. And, and he makes a statement. He actually wrote the book of Romans. In, in verse uh, 18 and verse 19 of chapter 15, he talks about the power of the Spirit of God. And, and he states, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. And verse 19 goes on to say, And by the power of signs and wonders. And then notice, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Acrelium, I have fully, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So the Apostle Paul addresses the power of the Holy Spirit. What is that? What does that look like? There's a lot of confusion. Maybe there's a lot of questions people have, but we want to go to the Word and and, and so you can open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because in this particular chapter of the Bible, it addresses the gifts of the Spirit. And so we're going to go there. But before we start reading that, you can find your place there uh, in your Bible or in your uh, phone apps. Uh, for the believer, we must recognize the contrast, the contrast of the fruit of the Spirit which we see in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. There's nine fruits of the Spirit. And we need to understand the contrast of the fruit of the Spirit and or with the gifts of the Spirit, which we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, and you can mark this down, the fruit of the Spirit is for character and the gifts of the Spirit is to demonstrate the power of God. And we need both. And, and so I think the problem with people uh, getting off or getting too far out there is there's not a proper balance of the fruit of the Spirit in living that out versus the gifts of the Spirit in walking that out. But there's a, a wonderful balance and contrast when both of those are in play, recognizing that the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of character in us, and the Holy Spirit brings forth the power to demonstrate signs and wonders through us as well. So the gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of the supernatural power of God in contrast um, to the fruit of the Spirit, which is for building character. And we all need a character built, don't we? Uh, we also see there's sometimes a question because in Romans chapter 12, we see gifts listed there. There's seven gifts listed there, but those are motivational gifts. Those are giftings that God instills in the person that they have, and then they live out and in, in, in serve in those particular gifts. But we need to understand, and I'm, I'm, I'm laying a little foundation before we begin to read this, because we're going to see it. A spiritual gift is not the same as a natural talent. Okay, we need to understand that. Instead, it's an endowment which is given by the Holy Spirit and it's intended to demonstrate the supernatural power of God. Okay? 
First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's, let's start reading here. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, this is the New King, King James Version. So well, that's, that's pretty important there. Okay, we're not supposed to be ignorant on this stuff. Okay, we, we need to be informed of the English Standard Version says, I don't want you to be uninformed. So I'm informing you today so we can maybe begin to have a better understanding and grasp of, of the gifts of the Spirit. It goes on to say in verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. In other words, before they served Christ, they served and worshipped false idols, okay? And verse 3 goes on to say, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So recognizing this truth, which is stated, that if the Holy Spirit, if you're claiming to be moving in the gifts of the Spirit and uh, Jesus being cursed, that's not the Holy Spirit. And, and so Jesus' lordship will always be confirmed through the operation of the gifts. Jesus will always be glorified through the operation of the gifts. Uh, the glory doesn't go to an individual or to a person. It's always uplifting uh, and glorifying God the Father in Jesus Christ. Okay, And so then we see verse 4 says there are diversities or varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. In other words, there's one spirit, but there's many expressions of the gifts that are manifest. Uh, verse 5, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, what's interesting in that particular passage what we just read there, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all engaged in the operation of the gifts. We, we see that noted very clearly in the Scriptures. And then um, verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, everyone that is given a gift, and there's a manifestation of the gift of the Spirit in your life, that is to profit everyone. Everyone can benefit from the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives, okay? Stay with me. Okay, just making sure. Uh, this, is, this is kind of a foundational teaching. I'm laying some groundwork today, but we're going deeper Wednesday night if you can join us uh, in the green room. And then verse 8 this is where we see the gifts listed. And there's actually nine that are identified uh, in uh, the scripture here. First uh, Corinthians 12, 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Notice it always references the same Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, 
distributing to each one individually as he wills. So realize it's his prerogative to distribute or release these gifts in whoever he chooses and wills. Uh, But take note of this. You have to be open to be used of God for the gifts of the Spirit to operate through you. You have to be a willing vessel, okay? Uh, Because the Holy Spirit will not impose or force himself on you to work through you, okay? Uh, But as we submit ourselves to God, open our heart to him, we can be a vessel that he can use. So when we look at these nine gifts, there's actually three different categories of gifts. Uh, Three of the gifts are revelation gifts, and these are gifts that reveal something. Three of the gifts are what we call power gifts, and they're gifts that do something. And then three of the gifts are inspirational gifts, and they're gifts that say something. And so when we look at uh, the first category of gifts, they're revelation gifts. A revelation is something revealed, something made known that you didn't know. And uh, the first revelation gift is the word of knowledge. We see that in verse 8. I mean, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom, we see that in verse 8. And to define a word of wisdom, it's simply a supernatural revelation from God of his mind and purpose. So a word of wisdom would be something that you don't know that God reveals to you supernaturally. You just have a supernatural knowing of something that you didn't know before. And we, we see this gift operating in the Old Testament through the prophets very, very often. And a, a word of wisdom would be where God would show me something about somebody that I didn't know, and maybe even they didn't know, but yet it becomes known a revelation to them. God would show us something maybe about our calling, our purpose, our direction. Um, And so we'll go deeper and explain a little bit more about this Wednesday night. And we also will provide some resources for you to to go deeper yourselves through personal study. Uh, A word of wisdom um, is is, is something that I believe uh, can operate through you. Sometimes we need a word of wisdom in making a decision because we don't know the outcome necessarily. And the, the second revelation gift we see is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. And this is a supernatural revelation from God of any fact or event. So a word of knowledge would be something that God would reveal to you that you don't know, but it may be something they know. Uh, for example, uh, uh, there's times when I've, uh, minister to people in a prayer line, God will give me a word of knowledge concerning a situation, concerning their life. Um, where one time I was praying for someone, and as I began to pray, I began to sense that they were greatly troubled because they had a loved one that was battling a serious illness. And so before I began to pray, I just stepped back and I said, I, uh, do you have... Uh, somebody that's close to you, that's dealing with a serious illness? And they said, yes, pastor. And, and then they explained a little bit about the situation. I said, well, let's pray for that person. And so that word of knowledge ministered to that person faith and encouragement, knowing, God, you showed this pastor 
this situation that I'm struggling with, that I'm concerned about. And, and so that word of knowledge was able to uplift that believer and glorify God in the process. And we prayed for that person. And, and sometimes a, a word of knowledge and a, a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom sometimes addresses the future. And, and uh, you know, a word of wisdom would be a word that would say, the Lord shows me that they're going to be made whole. They're going to be healed of this illness. And you don't have to be concerned they're going to get through this. And so, like uh, Hezekiah, you know, um, well, we, we won't go there. I, I don't want to get on too many rabbit trails because I, I think of a lot of things, a lot of directions I could go to, a lot of examples I could share. But we want to just share a few things uh, this morning with you on the gifts of the Spirit so we can get through this. All right. Uh, so the third revelation gift is the discerning of spirits. And, and let me just tell you, this is not the discerning of someone's character. That's a whole other thing because some people have great discernment when it comes to people, okay? But discerning of spirits is a supernatural revelation from God of the presence or activities of the spirit world. And with a word, with discerning of spirits, you can actually see into the spirit world. You can see angels. You can even see demonic activity at work. And um, the end of the series, we'll be talking about that because I've had encounters where I've literally seen a demon, a demonic entity. And, you know, say, Pastor, you're losing me now. You're scaring me now. But let me say, in, in that time when I saw that, there was no fear, but there was faith. There was God's presence. But God showed me that for a specific purpose because I was praying about a situation and it seemed my prayer wasn't going anywhere. And when I had that vision and I saw the demonic entity, I was able to pray against that spirit and it changed the whole situation because I didn't know what I was dealing with. And so sometimes the discerning of spirits can help you recognize what you're dealing with. And uh, then I'll share with you my encounter with an angel. Um, so that we'll share that and too. Uh, angels are very real. Uh, the scripture says in Hebrews that uh, be careful how you entertain people because you may be entertaining people, uh, entertaining angels unaware. Angels show up many times in our lives and we may not even be aware of it. And, and so, yeah, all right. The power of gifts. Okay, we've we got to move through this. Uh, the power of gifts, we see the gift of faith. Uh, the gift of faith in verse 9 is a supernatural power given by God protecting from harm or danger. And I have one quick example, example of this. I could share this with you. Back in 1980, I went to the Soviet Union. At that time, it was the Soviet Union this, while it was still in existence. And I smuggled some Bibles in with me. I put them in my suitcase at that time. It was illegal to take Bibles into the Soviet Union, but I had planned to take them into the Soviet Union for, uh, for believers. And uh, when we, we flew into Helsinki, we got on a train, we went to the Soviet border. Uh, the Finnish people got off, uh, the Soviets came on, uh, and uh, I was interrogated by one of the officers. For whatever reason, he chose me. He pulled me aside he began to interrogate me. And he began to question me on what I was there for, what my intent was, what I had with me. And he started reading down a list of things. 
And one of the things he asked, Bibles. And I said, yes. And at that time, a spirit of faith came upon me. The gift of faith came on me. There was boldness. There was courage. There was no fear whatsoever. And he said, well, is it your own personal Bible? I says, no, I brought Bibles in for Soviet believers as gifts. And he said, may I see them? I said, sure. I opened them up in the suitcase, and I had them right on top of my suitcase because I, I felt like the Lord didn't want me to hide them or conceal them. They were right on top. He picked them up. He started flipping through them. He said, where did you get these? That's my little accent there. <laughs> and and I, I explained where I got them. He said, what do you plan to do with these? So I plan to give them as gifts to Soviet believers. He looked me in the eye in his mean tone of voice. He said, do you trust God? My kids mocked me about this. <laughs> Tell the story. <laughs> and I looked him right back and said, yes, I trust God. He stood back. Looks at me like that. Stares me down for a moment. Said, very well then. He closed the suitcase. I'm there. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, I talked to the people about this, and they said that that was truly an a miracle, a miracle because they should have confiscated those Bibles. But they actually let you bring it in. You had an encounter with an officer, and his role was to confiscate those Bibles. He didn't. And the gift of faith was there. And right after that, I said, oh, God, I'm not afraid of anything now. <laughs> I didn't get shot. I didn't get arrested. I didn't go to prison. You know? And, you know, even if that would happen, God would be with me, right? Anyway, so, yeah, that's a little example of the gift of faith. Gifts of healing, verse 9. The gifts of healing is a supernatural power given by God removing disease and infirmity. And, and the gifts of healing is unique and different from just regular prayer for the sick and ministry to the sick. This is supernatural manifestation, and, and I could share some examples of that, of what we've seen God do. Absolutely miraculous. Uh, doctors totally amazed. Uh, one man uh, we prayed for had 21 growths in his brain, and they had another scan. They were gone, totally gone, and, and the man was completely healed uh, from those brain tumors. Um, that was a, the gifts of healing at work in him because it wasn't his faith. He wasn't, it wasn't something he was believing God for. He was, he was dying, and there was no hope for him. Another man with emphysema, they removed all life support. They gave him two hours to live. When we prayed for him, and God supernaturally raised him up, and he didn't die uh, then when he was expected to. Um, working of miracles, verse 10. We see working of miracles, Oh, did I define gifts of healing? I better do that. Gifts of healing, we define them as a supernatural power given by God, removing disease and infirmity. Then the gift of working of miracles in verse 10 is a supernatural power producing signs and wonders. You know, my dad, uh, shortly after he had received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, uh, he's a farmer. Uh, we were all raised on a farm north of Junction City. Uh, which is about 11 miles west of us here. And one morning, he went out into the barn, and he walked by the calf pen, 
And there was a calf that was about two days old that was laying on the floor dead. And my dad looked at that and I said, oh, dead calf. But he said, something came upon me in that moment. And he said, before I realized it, I was bending down to pick that calf up. And I felt the presence and the power of God's spirit. And I began, he said, I began to speak life over that calf. I said, Lord, you gave me this calf. And the devil has tried to take this calf from me. I speak life. You are the giver of life. And as he pulled that calf up, it started coughing and it came alive. So that was our resurrected calf on the farm. And, you know, I can remember, and my dad isn't going to make things up. I mean, he was, you know, the guy, I mean, he was honest. He was forthright. He wasn't going to just make something up. That was a miracle testimony. Um, Yeah. So, inspiration gifts. There's prophecy. And these are gifts that say something. It's an inspired saying. It's an inspired utterance. Prophecy, we see this in verse 10 as well. It's a supernatural utterance inspired by God in the known language. And the purpose of prophecy in the New Testament is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. It's, a, it's an inspired encouragement. When, and, and many of you operate uh, in the gift of prophecy. You may not even realize it. But God to give you a word for somebody just to encourage them, build them up, and, and just inspire them in their walk with God. And, and then we see tongues in verse 10. Tongues is a supernatural utterance inspired by God in an unknown language or tongue. And we must consider the gift of tongues not just as a ministry gift, but it has other uses as well because the scripture talks about the diversity of tongues. Uh, there's many expressions and operations of the gift of tongues, not just someone speaking in an unknown language. And then the final gift, for inspiration gift, we see there's the interpretation of tongues, which is a supernatural utterance inspired by God interpreting an unknown tongue. For example, if, if someone is speaking in an unknown tongue and then God gives the interpretation of that tongue, and that happened a number of years ago in a Sunday night service, um, there was a lady in the church that gave a message in tongues, spoken tongues, and uh, at the end of the worship set, uh, this person spoke in tongues, and the person was waiting. And then the Lord gave me the interpretation of that, and I showed the interpretation. And there was a Hispanic lady in the congregation that evening, and she came up to me after service and passed to Matt. This was so amazing, so wonderful, so beautiful. So this lady that spoke in tongues, I know she doesn't speak Spanish. She spoke in fluent Spanish. And then, Pastor, then you gave the interpretation. And I thought, was it accurate? Because you give that by faith. I, I didn't understand the tongue, but the Lord gave me the interpretation of it. So I spoke out what I sensed by the Spirit of God was given to me. And, and she said, yes, Pastor, it was absolutely accurate. I'm thinking, God, this is the Bible is real. This, this is, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, scratch yourself, pinch yourself, you know, okay, is this real? Okay, yeah, it, th- this is true. Um, we, we once had an individual that uh, had studied to be uh, a Jesuit priest, and he was visiting. He was a professor at UWSB, the university here in our town. And at the end of the service, he came up to me, and he said, Pastor, God is in this place. I said, yeah, well, yeah, right, he's here. Right. No, he's, God is in this place. You don't understand. 
you don't understand, but I experienced the service today. I said, tell me what you experienced. He said, I was standing in doing worship, and there's a woman next to me. And she began to speak in another tongue and worship. And I was intrigued because I knew that she was a local person from this area, that she could not have possibly known this language. She said, in seminary, we studied this particular dialect. It's a Latin language from the 6th century. It was a, a dialect of the upper class. And I, we studied that during seminary. And she was speaking that dialect. And I said, well, what did she say? Well, she was speaking of the marvelous works of God. And I thought, wow. I said, I, I think there's a Bible passage that confirms that too. But, you know, these are interesting things that, that we, we need to understand that God is doing in the earth still today because some people think, oh, these passed away, this passed away. But the scripture says that when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away. Jesus has not come back yet. The gifts of the Spirit are for the church and were given to the body of Christ until his return. And uh, there's much more we could say about this, but uh, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up at this time. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 2, this is two chapters over. Now you might find it interesting. You have the gifts of the Spirit listed in chapter 12. You have the love chapter in verse 13. And then chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians continues to talk about the operation in the, of the gifts of the Spirit. So love has to be involved in all this. And so 1 Corinthians 14 verses uh, one, it says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And, uh, and verse, yeah. And then the rest of the verse goes on, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And then dropping down to verse 12 in this chapter, it says, so with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, Strive to excel in the building up of the church. Now understand that the operation of the gifts of the Spirit is to build up the church. It's to build up the body of Christ. And uh, it's not to bring glory to yourself. It's to build up the body. And without the gifts of the Spirit, there's something missing in the church. And, and you might say, well, you know, where does this take place? At Refuge... This is something that can happen in the small groups very readily, in the smallest settings. Sundays, we we minister corporately to the body for teaching, for outreach, but it's when the church gathers together in smaller groups where we see the demonstration and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. There's a number of resources that we're going to make available on this podcast, uh, downloadable books, we're going to make available to you the series by John Bevere from Messenger International. Uh, we have information. Uh, Tim Kleiner will be in the foyer at the end of the service. He can give you that information. It's a free downloadable course that is excellent, that addresses the word much more in depth and a course that will help you come to a great place of understanding. As we close this service, want to ask this question, what is God speaking to you through this message today? And let me just say, receiving, 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. You might say, well, well, what is that, Pastor? What's the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that John the Baptist spoke of concerning Jesus. uh, John said, I'm baptizing you with water, but somebody greater than me is coming and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And, And to be baptized is to be immersed, to be submerged, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to allow him to have total access to your life so that he can do with you what he wants to do. In Mark chapter 1, verse 8, is where John said, I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, before Jesus was ascended into heaven, he met with his disciples. He said, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so he told them, he said, stay in this upper room, tarry here and wait for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus addresses this promise. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit And the one spirit, the one gift of the spirit that's so essential, that is a doorway into the rest of the gifts, is the gift of tongues, receiving the baptism, receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Tongues is an initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's other evidences, but that's the initial one we see in Scripture. We see in Acts 2.4, which reads, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was, as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want us to take a moment right now and just bow your heads. Does the Spirit of God have access into your life? Have you received the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, I received the Holy Spirit when I was born again, when I made a commitment to Christ, and yes, you did. But the Scripture clearly reveals that there's a secondary encounter with the Holy Spirit because you can be born of the Spirit, but you can also be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, that's when you receive the power of God in your life. And that's when you can begin to see the gifts of the Spirit unfold in your life. They're available to you. The Scripture tells us to earnestly seek the best gifts or the, the gift that's needed for the moment of what you, whatever you're dealing with. Just repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, you made a promise. The promise that you would send your Holy Spirit to fill me. The promise that I could receive in Luke chapter 11. 
Jesus says, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? All we have to do is ask the Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you can receive. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father. I ask you for the Holy Spirit. The promise you gave us. Fill me with your spirit in Jesus' name. Now you might be here and you say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God. I don't know that I'm really alive to him. I don't really know that I'm right with him. Well, this day you can get right with him. If you're here to say, Pastor, I don't know that if I were to die today that I'd go to heaven. I want you just to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to make my peace with God tonight. I mean, this morning, okay? I see those hands. Are there others? All right. We're going to stand together. There were a number of you that lifted your hands to make your peace with God. Let's stand up together. We're going to uh, lead you in the prayer, what I call the believer's prayer for those that lifted their hands. Making your peace with God is to simply commit your life to Him, to repent and turn from your sins, and to give Jesus the Lordship of your life, to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and to confess with your mouth that He is Lord. So again, pray this prayer for the, everyone can pray this prayer. Those of you that lifted your hands, however, pray this prayer from your heart. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come before you today and I repent. I turn from my sins. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I put my faith in you. Come into my life, into my heart, and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Make my life what you want it to be. I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and for cleansing me and making me new. Amen. The scripture tells us, I'm going to close in one more passage. There's a promise. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter got up and preached, after the Holy Spirit fell and after they spoke with tongues and and there was this uproar, people from all around came to see what was happening. In verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 39, For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. In other words, that promise is, was for those people standing there at that time, for their children yet born or yet to be born, and then generationally, all that are far off. This promise is for you, the gift. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.